0: Hello and welcome to the For the Wind podcast. I'm Ted Berg. We've got Anthony Rizzo from the Chicago Cubs coming up a little bit later, but first things first, it's Friday, and that means uh, it's an opportunity for me to speak once again this week to my coworker colleague, producer Hemel Javeri. Hemel, how are you?
1: Hi, Ted. I'm great. How are you?
0: I am doing well. Uh, we have some questions, and I think we have a question uh, from an audience hyper local to you.
1: We do. We have a question from, we'll we'll start it off with this. We have a question from my sister who would not tweet the question at you, but told me to ask you as I was leaving the house this morning. She wants to know, why do you hate Taylor Swift?
0: And why do you not hate Taylor Swift? (laughs) Um, I look, I, I, don't, I,
1: well, I don't. Let's get into your thoughts on Taylor Swift before we get into my I thoughts. Said
0: that okay. I don't really have strong thoughts on Taylor Swift. I don't hate Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift is a is a pop star. She makes music, but the music is clearly not for me, right? So it would be weird for me to be like, "Oh, her music is bad," because I don't. I'm not into lousy pop music, right? Like that's not <laughs> that's not what I'm trying to find or listen to. Like I I think that. Um, I feel like there's been a, a trend, and I guess it's kind of a good thing, like, there are some pop songs I'll get down on, and it feels like there's been a trend towards, like, sort of uh, accepting it more as music and less as just, like, crap that fills up the airwaves, you know, and, like, maybe taking it a little bit seriously, but that doesn't mean I have to like it, I find most pop music generally boring um mm-hmm. and all of Taylor Swift's pretty much that I listened to the new song um I thought it was i mean i I actually don't think it was bad by her standards like I know people are really upset about it, but that's that's kind of weird to me because it just sounds like a a pop song I guess people i don't know i I think all lyrics are dumb. it seems like these ones have have particularly bothered people
1: yeah i I think that these lyrics in particular are are I don't want to say offensive, but there's a lot of uh, backlash against them just because they tend to um she you know she's going she's doing the same thing but isn't
0: that all all part of the game though when you're taylor swift right like isn't that isn't the backlash like you're not you're not in it for making like i don't know i don't know i can't speak for taylor swift but right but you're not in it for making like serious artistic statements right you're in it for for like fueling the flame that's gonna happen in the tabloids about your war with kim kardashian right because that's how everybody stays famous
1: well, I think also part of it is also that you just have to look at the fact that the album also came out with, well, album, the single also came out with merch, right? There was, the second the, the song dropped, before that, there was a merch store so that you could buy Taylor Swift's, like, swag, like, reputation swag, which is the title of her new album. Um, so there is there is very much, like, a direct commercialization aside from just the music that's attached to this. I It's not so much that I hate Taylor Swift, right? Like, I have a lot of complicated opinions about taylor swift because and her music is the least of my concerns she's made some really good catchy pop songs that i love um so i don't have anything against her music uh, at all if if that is your thing if you really like simple catchy pop songs great she's very good at those this one seems beneath even what she would do i think like the chorus is is terrible this chorus sounds
0: exactly like i'm too sexy
1: yeah, it, it it and yeah, she sampled it. Like that's exactly what it is. Right. Um, so. It, but you, know you can I mean? sample you, something
0: and not completely rip it off.
1: I know it's. I mean, to say that it's derivative is is a compliment. You know what I mean? Right. It just seems like unbelievably formulaic, packaged as originality. Um, when she's lifted almost every single element of this album from other pieces of popular culture, right? Like w- the album art looks like Jean Galliano, you know, was doing. Yeah, but like if if like if Andy
0: Warhol did that, people would be like, oh my god, it's brilliant, right?
1: No, it's not even that. But the point is that if you are taking something, then you need to put your own spin on it and make it original, right? Which is what Andy Warhol was able to do. Right. This is like, she's just taken elements and kind of copied them without adding anything else. Like she's taken John Galliano's designs and put that as her album cover. She's taken stuff that Beyonce did with Formation and made that part of her music video. Um, And I haven't seen the whole video. Nobody's seen the whole video. So maybe that is part of, like, maybe that's the point. I have no idea. Um, she took I'm Too Sexy and made that the the chorus for her song so none of that adds up to anything original so I don't and the thing is that I still don't care about that right like I don't have a like if that is what she's doing and that is how she's making her money I mean she's a very savvy marketer and a very savvy businesswoman my problem with Taylor Swift comes in when people start to advocate her as like a great feminist and and all these other things and I think that I have, again, not having heard the album, just going by what the album art is. I think that in this kind of weird, divisive political climate, um, for her to kind of, uh, you know what I mean? Like the reputation, the album art has like a lot of, uh, uh, it's newspaper print and things like that. And it seems a little Trumpian in that it's calling out fake news. So if it veers that way, I think that could actually be really problematic and cause a lot of of backlash. I don't
0: know. I think that the whole point of pop music is to sell you music and to get you to listen to it. And so if you're hearing it, it has succeeded, right? Like, I don't know that there's a lot of correlation between good pop music, like musically good pop music, whatever that is, and successful pop music, you know, whatever that is. So I, think there is. I I don't know like I I kind of and I wish I could claim credit for this I I idea on my own and I mm-hmm. recognize that it one hundred percent sounds elitist and that because that's because it, it absolutely is. I think I'm better than most people and have better taste in music <laughs> you've um, never hidden
1: that right
0: right out. so like I, I I probably have better taste in music than most people and and so I I think like to me pop music is the equivalent of like fast food and Mm -hmm. sometimes it's good and sometimes you want it right but that doesn't mean it has like any sort of real value and and it's not i don't
1: right and sorry no 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 i don't agree with that at all are you nuts so much pop music is good is it yes what? You... I there are like like
0: every once in a while like a pop song every once in a while like there will be like silly pop songs where I can like identify aspects of the song I like and then I usually try to play them on the guitar and that's like kind of a funny thing for me but um and like there have been bands um like like jazz groups where they only mm-hmm. play like top forty pop songs and they turn them into sort of like they use the melody and then they play jazz over it and that's kind of fun but like. I don't know, the songs, like, there there are so few pop songs where I'm, like, like there are, so, there are plenty of songs that I will listen to because I think they're funny, or because I think, like, there's something about the music that I like that are poppy, but there's never a time when I'm, like, I want to sit down and just sort of listen to some pop music.
1: Uh, I mean, you don't, you probably don't spend a lot of time in a car, so I just listen to the radio every so often, so I have a I'm not sure if I, I listen to it by default, right? Like it's on in the car when I'm going like 10, 15 minutes here and there. Um, But I like a lot of pop music. I think that I, I think I have really good taste in music, but a lot of it is also, I don't have anything against pop music. There's definitely some songs that are terrible and never should have made it onto the airwaves to begin with. And there are a few exceptions of really good, good pop songs that have a lot of worth, like and they're so good. Well, okay, name
0: one. Uh, I'll tell you if it's a good song or not.
1: Um, let's see. Whitney Houston. She's great. We so I we did a We've, had that, about, we've uh, had that
0: conversation about uh yeah.
1: Yeah, we've had that conversation. Uh, I will say Celine Dion. I love Celine Dion. Oh I, no, I don't Celine don't Dion does not
0: make good music. No, that's <laughs> she's not true.
1: Phenomenal. She has a great voice. I think that all of her like catchy pop love songs are really good catchy pop love songs and there's nothing wrong with that um so yeah you you and i have you have a different we have a different bar i mean
0: like so like Um, so like 80s pop i think is like more like it's a little funnier to me and like i guess those songs are just more ingrained in my head that i i have more patience for like uh well and I think Madonna is a better musician than than the modern mm-hmm. pop star. So I'd more I'd have more patience for a Madonna song than like any sort of Taylor mm-hmm. Swift song. Um I think that Britney Spears Toxic is a jam and like a legit jam, just I think that's a good song. Right. Yeah. Um same goes and this one's this is like sort of further out, but uh the kelly clarkson song miss independent has like this <laughs> yes. this like it's that's like super funky uh, like beat to it like I, I think that's that's kind of a jam too um but this is like literally all of the songs i could name where i'm like that's a pop song i can get down on i uh, think
1: i think that new new song from the one direction guy slow hands i think that's a good song so it's i poppy. see the, the I think other think thing i would song. say
0: i would say is like i wouldn't count out the new the one direction guys uh, yeah. cuz i think that a lot of people lose sight of the idea that that like, the Beatles were basically like One Direction when they came yeah. out, right? They were making like yeah. crappy pop songs, and then they, they, because of the platform it afforded them, they were able to like experiment and branch out and do cool stuff. That's what I was kind of hoping would happen with Justin Bieber, and it really hasn't gone that way. So like, I'm going to hold out hope that it turns out One Direction creates some cool music when they get weird.
1: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, yeah, just getting back to Taylor Swift, though. I, I, don't, I absolutely don't hate her. I just find her very problematic. Uh, there, what, there's a lot uh... to, to pack.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I think you're overthinking it. I don't think that's the idea. Like, I just think like, whatever. This is someone who's like trying to cash like, and and that's not nothing against her. There's oh, nothing wrong with cashing in. Just so this is just another person so who's trying to cash in, and her agents are trying to cash in, and her team of marketers and handlers and people are all trying to make their money, and and there's nothing wrong with that. I just don't they, think you should read anything like like if anything her popularity, it doesn't have to do with her, right? It's a reflection of what we're buying right now. So if, if I think if, if something about her music is is problematic, the the problem is that people are listening to it.
1: No, it's because of how she's packaging herself. Like it, it, it is more it is incredibly in a way in a weird way like disingenuous, right? It's that she comes across like she's using her entire album or at least the single right now, right to fire back against people she feels like has slighted her and wronged her. But then her previous entire tour was all about like girl power and unity. When she's actually just like calling out these two specific pe- women that she has grudges against and like using her entire marketing empire to, to trash them. So there's like a huge level of hypocrisy at work here. So I, I don't think you can extrapolate both of those. I don't know.
0: See, I, I would say like, why would anyone, why was anyone going to Taylor Swift for messages of girl power and unity?
1: Because that's what she's selling.
0: Right. But like, you got, I don't know. I, I feel like we all have to, like, you gotta kind of start I, seeing I mean, through that.
1: Yeah, well, but you know what? If you're a 12-year-old girl, you're, right. you're not really going to be able to see through that, right? This is not like I understand But they'll grow up and jaded. then they'll become they'll become angry
0: I'm, 19-year-old girls and then they'll see right I through it. I understand
1: that you are a jaded middle-aged man who's like lived in New York his entire life, but for other people who are consuming that message, it's very hard to filter all that out. And that's I problematic.
0: I don't know. I don't know. I can there's too much there's too much going on. Uh, I just, I guess my main thing is like, I just don't really care about what Taylor Swift has to say or the music she has to make. I don't dislike her. I don't begrudge her doing what she wants to do. It's just not for me. I know it's not for me. It's not aimed at me and I'm never going to buy her albums.
1: Um, I'm glad that you feel like you can take a step back from it though
0: that's my step back it's just like yeah. n- none of this and like if it wasn't Taylor Swift if it wasn't Taylor Swift it would be someone else who was Taylor Swift right that's just like a role there's always the divisive pop starlet that's always gonna be a thing right and like who whoever is gonna fill that role is gonna be the target of the paparazzi and the, the tabloid shows and the media and whatever else f- until they go away right or they just move to Vegas and have a Vegas show and then you don't really hear like how much you used to hear about Britney Spears now you don't really really hear about Britney Spears anymore because she's like graduated to the next thing and it's Taylor Swift now.
1: There, I mean, I agree there's always going to be a certain pop star, but Britney Spears was never attacked for the, the same things that Taylor Swift is being attacked for. Britney Spears was always very clear about what she was, which is that I'm a pop star, and I have sexy dance moves, and this is what I'm all about. Like, I will she say, never, I think this she is all. She never tried yeah. to be, uh, you know, a. She never tried to package herself as like a proto feminist. That was never part of her shtick. And everything that Taylor does is like, I'm a feminist and I'm all about girl power. But then she comes around and starts attacking women for, can I, for different
0: things. Can I blame this all on Kanye West? No. Okay. But I want no. to. I feel like Kanye West is like the leading guy in demand who's demanding that we take our uh pop music successes more seriously and like I I refuse to take Kanye West seriously you, even though I know just, a lot of you people You just do. want
1: something that you don't have to think seriously about. You hmm. just want to be like, F it, there's too much that I it's already just have dumb. to think seriously It's just seriously whatever about. it
0: is. You know, like, it's not, I don't know. Music's always going to come down to taste and that's not for me. That's That music right. is not for me. Right, um, well, maybe we can
1: pick that question up later.
0: Yeah. Uh, we can just keep talking about it. We're like 15 <laughs> minutes down. We're only talking about Taylor Swift. Uh, here's, a, here's a sports question from our man charles yes. uh and the first half is did you do the podcast which um <laughs> we are actively doing so we are currently doing the podcast the second half is uh what is the most overhyped sports thing that turned out to massively disappoint you um
1: so, do you want to go first
0: i wish i had a i, I read this question and i thought yes. about it and and I couldn't come up. I mean, obviously, the the one that jumps to, sh- to mind is Michael Phelps not being eaten by a shark. Um, <laughs> but but no, I can't. I can't really think of a of a great one. Well, do you have well,
1: one? Yeah. Well, Adi stole my answer. He has a great one. He said the Washington Capitals. Just in general. A, yeah, he's a hundred percent right because they. And I think he meant it kind of jokingly, but he's or probably didn't. But he's a hundred percent right. It is. Their entire seasons, um, not just last season, but almost everything since Alex Ovechkin signed with the team has been a massive, massive disappointment. And they have been hyped year after year after year. Um, as the team that is going to win the cup, right? Two seasons, they won the the award for, um, had the best record in hockey. They were supposed to win the cup and they have not been able to get past the second round. And there have been a massive disappointment. Uh, they dismantled the team basically this off season. So that old Washington Capitals roster is basically consigned to history now. Um, and they'll start, from, not from scratch, but they'll start over. And will be considered almost a rebuilding phase for them. So they're a huge disappointment. All
0: right, I think that that's like I'm trying to I'm trying to think of better ones. I would move away, like uh, in terms of actual events um i remember i mean but i had a personal stake in this at the time but the the subway series between the mets and yankees in 2000 mm-hmm. seemed like such a big deal and it was just a lousy series the yankees just beat up on the mets and i think they won in five games uh that that was a huge disappointment but of course like i it was 2000 and i was 19 and i was a huge mets fan and i was at a bunch of the games and the mets had to have you know so much heroics to get there um I don't know. I mean, I feel like my entire life following sports has been mostly disappointment. So it's hard to think of, like, what is a – it's just really which has been the biggest hype, right? Because everything's been yes.
1: disappointment. Yeah. There's there's a lot of disappointment. Um, in terms of emotionally devastating losses, I think it was probably the Subway Series that you were talking about Uh that was really disappointing, just from a fan perspective, because oh. I had just really started watching baseball, um, and the Mets just flamed out.
0: For me, um, that that moment that but I was I was really young, but it was also when I had just started watching baseball was the uh, the 1988. NLCS when the Mets had had just this tremendous team in 1988 and it was I, I was a little too young for the team for watching the team win the World Series in '86 I really fell for it in '87 '88 '88 was like my team like I knew every single guy mm-hmm. and every stat and every you know like I was seven years old so I was like fully into it and then they just like they, they came out and they just tanked in the in the playoffs against the Dodgers um and it's funny to think about just because uh, the other day. Uh, I f- forget the moment that Ron Darling was talking about. Ron Darling was now a Mets uh, on-air analyst and and a guy I've met a bunch of times. A guy who used to be my coworker, um, but he was talking about that moment for him when he was seven years old, having like his most disappointed sports moment. And for me it was weird because Ron Darling was right at the center of it because Ron Darling just laid an egg in the last game of that series and like I he was always the guy I blamed forever for for breaking my heart in 1988. So it's like one of those I don't know I feel like that's that's a big part. The big part of growing up as a sports fan is at some point you're going to have your like your complete heartbreaking crushing moment.
1: Oh yeah, I mine was I can't even remember what year this was, but it was I think the forty ers lost in the NFL playoffs to the Dallas Cowboys. Um and Joe Montana was still the quarterback and I was so crushed that I stopped watching football. I mean that was like it was devastating. So but I was very young.
0: Um in terms of what about like so Charles is talking about hype though. Like in terms of yeah, huge hype. And like yeah, I think huge
1: hype I would say the Capitals. Like that is They've just been overhyped. There's been columnist after columnist saying this is their year, this is their year, and it just has never panned
0: out. Um, I think, I, but is that more like so? Because like I think this this Mayweather-McGregor thing, which is what Charles is bringing this up, and why Charles is bringing this up, that's a good example, right? Because there's a lot of hype around this, and by all sta- by all, I mean by all reasonable analysis, it's going to mm-hmm. be a lopsided fight, right? Like there's no way, and and I hope. Like I, I, don't know if I'll watch it or not because I don't know if I'll put I'll be in a situation. I'm obviously not paying for it, so it'll be like, do some of my friends have something worked out at a bar where they're going to go to, and in which case I'll go for I'll go watch it. But otherwise, I probably won't see it. I kind of hope McGregor McGregor gives Mayweather a fight just so it's interesting because right, right. just to defy what everyone is saying. But literally everyone is saying Mayweather is just going to box the crap out of them
1: right he's just gonna be devastated i think a lot of ufc fights um the ronda rousey one comes to mind too right that was supposed to be um the one where he, she
0: got the crap kicked out of her like the most yeah recent one? Was like, she
1: was like justine something i can't even remember who the opponent oh
0: was. I, my only impression of that was like this sport is too brutal i don't want to watch this
1: I don't. I I have only watched it from our coverage of them. I've never watched any of these. In my
0: I had time. I had it's watched like previous. You know, I had not watched. A, I I had seen like a couple of times when Rousey just like absolutely dominated people and won in 27 mm-hmm. seconds. And I've seen like plenty of like MMA fights just kind of going on in the background at bars and stuff. But I don't think I ever saw anything as brutal as that one where she was just getting just like lit up punched. In yeah, the face she was just getting.
1: I mean, she completely. Not even hold her own. Yeah. Assaulted in the ring.
0: It was like, wait, they let this happen? You know? (laughs) It was like, (laughs) oh, we all sign up to watch this? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, That was a very overhyped matchup that she was kind of expected to win and she did not deliver.
0: All right. Um, uh, With that, we should turn it over to, um, I'm happy to bring on uh, representing. Players Weekend, which is coming up this weekend, uh, from the Chicago Cubs, Anthony Rizzo. Hey, Ted, how are you? Doing well. How about you? Good, good. Thanks for doing this. No problem. So I guess the uh, first thing is, what did you think when you heard about Players Weekend as an idea?
2: I wasn't really sure what it was, and then when the details came out, I thought it was really cool how you know, guys could kind of express themselves, uh, especially in August, dog days of the summer, where uh kind of breaks the season up a little bit for the weekend and the cool jerseys and i think it was a great idea
0: uh is it something guys talked about at all when when you came to picking out uh nicknames anything people got excited about
2: uh, i think just your usual nicknames around the the clubhouse but around the league the, the nicknames have been really funny the ones coming out
0: so so i assume i mean i assume the obvious but uh why tony
2: that's just what friends and people in the clubhouse call me guys call me hey Tony what's up Tony so it was simple
0: uh, did you did you consider at all like going for an opportunity to go with something wild or totally re- rebrand yourself like just come up with a nickname and sort of seize that chance
2: uh, I didn't uh, but maybe next year um, what
0: else have you got going on for, for the weekend good shoes anything like that I don't
2: have good shoes. I have a good bat. I oh, cool! The a,
0: uh, what's going on with the bat? Be
2: cool, just just a different color, and uh, I think it'll be fun. Just not like all blue bat with red on there. It's it's cool that the league is letting us be a little uh, relaxed with all of it and let us express ourselves.
0: Uh, on that, I read a good story from, from John Baker, actually, your former teammate, about playing with you in the Dominican League and how you sort of took to the, the celebrations there. Was that true? Did you did you call a shot in the Dominican Winter League?
2: I told them if I hit a home run, i went like, what I was going to do. and It was right on cue. First at bat, hit a home run and popped the chain out and ran the bases slow. Because, you know, that's just the way the game was played there, so you
0: adapt uh and and so i mean would you have any problem with that becoming more the way the game is played here it seems like fun Uh, i mean it's fun here it's uh well of course you know it's just and and you guys have fun right i mean you're the team that has the dance parties and and all sorts of different dress-up things like do you ever get any sort of backlash from other players other teams saying you guys are having too much fun no
2: i i would hope not uh you know this game's meant to have fun and you know, on the field, guys hit big home runs and the emotions get up, get, get going and we're all competing at, at a high level. So, you know, it's, uh, as, for me, as long as someone's not really directly looking at someone else up from the other team trying to show them up, I have no problem with guys celebrating.
0: Uh, do you have any, any ideas or, or any thought that maybe uh, you could take an opportunity like Players Weekend to, to plan something out ahead of time?
2: But it's, I'm worried about today in Cincinnati, and then when we get to the weekend, worried
0: about that day. Uh, one thing I've asked a, a few guys, uh, and and I'm always interested, is just, uh, I mean, what does it feel like to hit a home run? I mean, it's
2: you practice all these swings in the cage, uh, batting practice, you know, put all this work in, and to connect on a ball that goes out of the fence, it's the ultimate goal, and it's the best feeling. It's, it's just. What you practice, I mean, you are not trying to hit a home run, but when you do, as a byproduct of the hard work and put a good swing on the ball, it's a great feeling. Uh,
0: and and I mean, I guess, do you ever do you ever blame a guy for getting excited about it? Because it feels like for most people, especially people who who don't get a chance to play baseball professionally, the idea of hitting a home run in any situation is just so you know phenomenal.
2: Yeah, it's, uh, it's the ultimate goal as a hitter, so. Uh, Of course you're excited if you're, you know, but you're down 15 to 1 and you hit a home run and you're on a losing end and you're celebrating like crazy running around the bases. It's just, that's, you know, kind of an unwritten rule.
0: Uh, last thing is just that you know you guys uh, obviously won the World Series last year and, and got off, I think, too, for for what some people thought was a little bit of a disappointing start this year. It seems like you've come a lot stronger lately. Uh, did anything change, or is it just this team finally playing till its talent level? I just think it's just part
2: of the course of the season. Uh, everyone playing together and having a good time like we always do, and we're just winning ballgames now.
0: Are you going to take more ground balls at third base?
2: <laughs> I, I don't plan on it, not at all.
0: Uh, Thank you so much. No problem, man. Thank you. All right, take care. Support for the For the Win podcast comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. They understand that home plays a big role in your life and family. That's why they created Rocket Mortgage. Rocket Mortgage gives you the confidence you need when it comes to buying a home or refinancing your existing home loan. It's simple, allowing you to fully understand all the details and be confident you're getting the right mortgage for you. Whether you're looking to buy your first home or your tenth, with Rocket Mortgage you get a transparent online process that gives you the confidence to make an informed decision. It's convenient. Our trusted partners allow you to share your financial information with Rocket Mortgage at the touch of a button and in addition to getting a real mortgage approval in minutes you can even adjust the rate and length of your loan in real time to make sure you're getting the right solution for you rocket mortgage by quicken loans apply simply understand fully mortgage confidently to get started go to rocketmortgagecom ftw that's rocketmortgagecom ftw equal housing lender licensed in all 50 states nmls consumeraccess.org number 3030 hemel we've got a question from our man dennis
1: all right. Dennis has a podcast.
0: Dennis is so good about asking questions that he will come with questions before we've even solicited them.
1: Dennis', uh, Dennis Dennis's questions on Thursday night remind me that I have a podcast on Friday
0: morning. Uh, yeah, that's good. <laughs> that's good. I, not me. I never forget. Um, You're you're better than I am. You can say that again. Uh, (laughs) Dennis wants to know, if you could have a cameo in a movie, what movie would you want to be in? Um, For me, a lot of this depends on how you define cameo.
1: So I've thought about this, uh, like, I've had a long time to think about it, and uh, I have a couple of answers. Um, do Do you just mean like a cameo as in you're kind of standing in the background? I think a cameo is you get to, like, interact with the characters and maybe have one or two lines
0: yeah so that's a, that's how i think of a cameo yeah. too
1: yeah i think the other word is extra like if you're just hanging out in the background you're an extra you're you're not a person
0: right right okay yeah yeah Yeah. i think yeah. you're right and and that's just what i wanted to make sure we we're on the same page there
1: uh yes so i think for me it would 100 be blue crush i would definitely want to be have a cameo in that movie and the other you
0: always talk about blue crush what would be your about... cameo in 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 blue crush
1: I would be one of the people – so there's a scene where they go to, like, a couple of uh, surfer house parties, and they're walking around and talking to their friends. Like, I would be one of their, like, cool surfer friends that they hung out and talked to. Okay. But – my other long-standing dream, and you cannot make fun of me for this. I will. is that <laughs> I know you will. Is that I've always wanted to have a cameo in one of the Fast and Furious movies, obviously.
0: Why would I make fun of you for that? I, that was like one of my top choices.
1: Because I want to be one of those girls that is... You know what I mean? That's hanging out by those race cars. Uh, okay, like like <laughs> the
0: like the sexy fast and yeah. fast car cool guy groupies. Yeah, like for yeah. Me,
1: I just like I look at it and I'm like, oh, I missed my window. Why? Why am I not one of those girls? Like, um, those, those are my top two.
0: Kids you should have kids. fallen in in like in like underground drag racing cir- yeah, circuits. Yeah,
1: something went wrong in my life. So and you could I meet was Dom. Not a part of it. <laughs> and, I was not a part of the underground uh, racing scene in L.A., sadly. But those are my two cameos. I, that's what I really want.
0: Um, I try to think about like the great one-line parts in movies that I've seen. You mm-hmm. know, um, One mm-hmm. that jumps out to me immediately, uh, do you remember the movie Naked Gun?
1: I remember it. Yes. So,
0: Naked Gun, right? Uh, Leslie Nielsen as Frank Drebin is he has to at the end of the he has to umpire a game, or he has to he has to be on the field during a baseball game to prevent someone from killing the Queen of England. It's all very complicated, um, but part of is part of his uh, effort. He sings the national anthem pretending to be an opera singer named Enrico Palazzo, and then he suits up as the home plate umpire. And then when it is revealed, when he pulls off his mask as the home plate umpire, um, the actor who played Francis Buxton in Pee-wee's Big Adventure stands up and says, hey, it's Enrico Palazzo. And it's so funny, and it's so well-delivered that I've always wanted that line. I've always wanted my cameo to just be, I want to be the guy who jumps up and says, hey, it's Enrico Palazzo. Uh, Another baseball movie with a, and I don't think this counts as a cameo, uh, Mm -hmm. because he's not a guy I've ever seen before, Uh, at the end of Major League, when Jake Taylor lays down the bunch, the third baseman on the opposing team just goes, Oh, shit. <laughs> and it is great. He nails it. Um, I think that that is another part I would like to play. I think it would want to be like, I'd want to have just like one funny line in any uh, in any movie. Uh, in Spaceballs, when he's going through um, the scene about a-holes, uh, who hired mm-hmm. this guy, and he pulls up the guy's mask and he says, uh, you know, and the guy's cross eyed, and, and Rick Moranis says, Who hired this gunner? Uh, and another cross eyed guy stands up and says, I did, sir. He's my cousin. And that's another good one I'd like. Those are three cameos. So Spaceballs, The Naked Gun, or Major League. That's it.
1: But the, those, I will say, well, I've never seen either of those movies.
0: you never seen Spaceballs?
1: No, I've never seen any of them. Oh, I'm it's not... phenomenal. It's phenomenal. My... My sense of humor is very different from yours, and it does not really translate into, like, the slapstick 80s genre.
0: Oh, but Spaceballs is better than that. It's so good. It's, like, so, like, like my wife also doesn't have a similar sense of humor to me at all. And she has not even seen – so you've seen Star Wars and the Star Wars movies, right?
1: Yeah, I've seen those. Right,
0: so my wife has not even seen the movies that Spaceballs has, like Parodies, and she right. still thinks Spaceballs is like the funniest thing. Spaceballs is just a legitimately hilarious movie.
1: I, I have started watching a lot more, um, uh, they're not slapstick comedies, but just like comedies in general. And I find that where I looked down on them, like fairly, you know, I looked my nose down on, on that kind of genre, but they have proven to be legitimately hilarious. Like, uh, um, I've thought, like Horrible Bosses, I thought was actually just absurdly funny. And uh, there was another one about some Zac Efron movie about him living, him being a frat guy living next to Seth Rogen. Oh
0: remember, yeah, um... which was.
1: Which I saw the preview for, and I was like, "This is so dumb." Made a, they made a, they made
0: a, they made a sequel Neighbors. to that movie. Yeah, yeah, and then they made another yeah. one. Yeah, um, I saw. Those are all movies that I watch in bits and pieces when they're just like on some channel, and I'm flipping through, and it's like, "Oh, I'll yeah. watch this Seth Rogan movie for ten minutes." Yeah, yeah they're, they're maybe I will add baseballs
1: to my to my queue. Well, um, I think you've tried to convince me. Totally. Yeah, I think you picked though, for your cameo though, you picked like, like. They're already established characters. You just oh, so take I need to have, role. like,
0: I need to have no. my own cameo character? Because, like, I don't know what movies are coming out.
1: No, I mean, you don't need to have your own cameo character. I just mean that would you, if you couldn't be the guy in, in Major League, would you still want to be in that movie?
0: Um. Yeah, sure, but I would want to have a funny part. Right, like I just—I guess I just, I okay. just want—I want to be like—I and I, I especially love like one guy in the crowd yelling out something ridiculous would be a great—I yeah. think that would be a great cameo that I could pull off, um, and I am I a tr- I am a terrific actor. So if anyone is looking for someone for a cameo, I can do it.
1: <laughs> You—we have we talked. To, you were in a commercial,
0: right? I was Wasn't in a ja- I was in a national Jack in the Box commercial. Oh, yes. right. They don't give just anybody that. I got to say, hey, we're Johnson for something different. Um, well, there you go Yeah, You've proved it um, so uh, yeah I would put me in a movie for sure <laughs> um, next one uh, comes from I clicked away uh, oh from at Stephen uh, Stephen A or at The Nimble One on mm. Twitter and he wants to know and this is an interesting question um, so he he said I just heard a learned baseball guy. I don't know what learned baseball guy he's referring to. I just heard a learned baseball guy suggest David Wright as Mets manager next year. Your thoughts on handing the keys to a no experience hero?
1: This is more of a you question than a question. Well, kind of, kind of. But, you know. I I will say that I don't like the trend of giving X stars managerial positions because just because you're good on the field does not mean you will be good in the front office. I,
0: I think that's absolutely correct. Um, yeah. like I, I think you're right about that. I think that it it all depends on the guy. Right, because yeah. it, And there has been a trend towards this in recent years in baseball. Like you mm-hmm. said, um, uh, Brad Osman was, was hired to manage the Tigers with very little experience. Uh, Robin Ventura took over the White Sox with very little experience. Uh, Walt Weiss took over the Rockies with practically no experience. Uh, Mike Matheny took over the Cardinals with very little experience. Like In, in all those cases, it was a recent ex-player um, who was just sort of given a managerial job without... And I think in all cases, like with no minor league managing experience. Uh, I don't have any problem with that. Like I think that um the nature of baseball managing and and probably sports coaching in general has become uh i think it's so you so much defer to the front office at this point and i think that's a good thing i think that's making the games better you know like i think there are a lot of people who probably are like oh it should come down to the manager who can play with his gut like i don't think that's the case um but i ju- i just think you need a guy who will um, be able to have the respect of his players, like I do think that's a real thing and and there is there are motivators who can get people going um, and I think you need someone who's going to understand and and be able to uh to work with and uh, process whatever 's coming from the front office, so he needs to be a smart guy. Um, I happen to think David David Wright is a really smart guy and a super nice guy. Like, I don't know how it would go since he's so young and so recently played. I don't know how it would go when inevitably David Wright needs to get mad at someone who's like a year younger than him and and has been playing just as long if not longer. Um mm-hmm. so you know and and at this point for Wright like if if someone's talking about that seriously he would very likely have to manage players older than he is and that's just like kind of a weird relationship. Um but no I don't I don't see any problem with it outright. Um uh, I just think uh, your front office has to know he, it's the guy. It's, it's not yeah. like, we're not doing this for, for show. We're not doing this because we owe David Wright another $70 million. We're doing this because David Wright uh, is, has, shown, has demonstrated the ability to understand the information we're giving him, uh, how to interpret it and use it to make the baseball team better, and how to uh, get the most out of his former teammates and potential uh, you know, managees.
1: I agree. I think that in hockey, um, I think the best example of that is Mario Lemieux. Right? He buys the Penguins after a stellar, incredible career in the NHL, playing for Pittsburgh. He goes and buys the Penguins in like 1999 or, or something like that, um, and is principal chairman, co-owner of the team, and puts all the pieces in place to turn them into a powerhouse again. So it just really depends on the guy. Um, right. I've seen some expect. I've seen. I feel like this is a bigger trend in the NBA, though, and it's not working out super well.
0: Um, yeah. I, I mean, I, I think I think it probably just – it's going to continue depending on the people, though, right? Like, yeah. it's in every case, it's just going to be like, well, who is the guy? Because um, if you can't just make any ex-player a manager – but probably there are plenty who are better qualified than most, right? Like, I don't think... Right, right. Um, I do think that there's something to having played. I think that uh, it's a lot easier to get the attention... Of your employees or whatever you want to call them, the people you're managing, uh, if you have had some success in whichever mm-hmm. sport it is. Um, mm-hmm. But again, like I don't even think that that's necessary. You know, like I think that there are plenty of examples of successful sports coaches and managers and and everything else who, like Bill Belichick, certainly wasn't an NFL star, right? And he's right. had yeah. the most success as an NFL coach. Um, seems like the NFL there there's a little more of that than anything else, mm-hmm. probably because. Mm-hmm um you know it's, it's hard to I don't, I don't I don't want to get into that part but um <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I got no problem with it. It would be my Well, idea.
1: also, because David Wright is so great that I would trust him with anything. Right. Like he, you know, I'd be like, yes, David Wright can do this because he is a fantastic human.
0: Right. That's the thing is that you would know at least that David Wright is going to give you a 100% earnest effort and do his best right. because that is generally what he does and that he really loves playing baseball and that he is a legitimately seems by all accounts to be <laughs> the only decent human being in on the face of this earth. And so, like, yeah, sure. Like, let David Wright do whatever he wants. Like, if David Wright wants to be the president, make David Wright the president. Uh, it, it can't be worse.
1: It, exactly. David Wright for president 2020,
0: I'm in. All right, sweet. Glad we got that figured uh, out. <laughs> last one comes from at Mets officials. Um, and I disagree with the premise. But okay. he says, why isn't Taco Bell good anymore?
1: Ooh.
0: I think Taco Bell's still good. I haven't had... I, I've, I'll make a confession and say... Uh, I haven't i've I've eaten taco Bell I think once in the past couple of months uh, mm-hmm. it wasn't that long ago uh, I tried the new beef and potato uh, burrito or whatever they're calling that um the potato rito and I thought that it was sounds gross. I thought it was just okay um I mean well you like potato things from taco Bell, right?
1: Yeah, but I don't want to mix that with... I actually don't eat any of
0: the potato things from Taco Bell. Okay, yeah, so I I typically don't either. Um, And, like, my thing was, like, well, why are we wasting some beef space on potatoes? And if we were going to put something besides uh, beef in this burrito, I would rather it be beans or uh, or crunchy crunchy red strips, which I love. Um, But I don't think... I think that I have gotten a little bit, like... Taco Bell is coming out with wacky new Taco Bell stuff yes. like faster than even I can keep wrap my head around right it's like now there's Pop Rocks burritos and now oh, there's a no, taco just not. yeah there's totally Pop Rocks burritos coming and there's like a uh it's not actual Pop Rocks but it's like some sort of Pop Rocks style thing that like mm-hmm. pops in your mouth as you eat the burrito and now there's a taco that's made from egg uh that's a new thing for breakfast like uh um yeah it's it's hard to like, I, mean, I wonder at what point, like, the – I don't, I don't want to knock Taco Bell. I love Taco Bell. I love their products. Right. But so much of what Taco Bell has done well in the past few years has been, like, consistently capture people's attention with new gimmicky foods. And, like, I wonder if at some point that runs out. Like, people stop being like, oh, my God, a taco shell made out of this thing.
1: I, I think that it is very close to running its course, um, only because they're, you can only innovate so much, right? Like, the novelty is going to wear out, and they have to keep upping themselves, right? First, it was the Doritos Locos tacos, which was insane, and now, and pretty soon, it's just going to turn into a... What have they already done? They've, hasn't somebody already done the chicken taco? Yeah, like they did the fried
0: Taco Bell did that. They made a, chi- yeah, a taco to fried chicken. Like they yeah, made a taco had, to biscuits. They made a taco to waffles. They made, you know, like they've made tacos yeah, at a lot of stuff really, at this point.
1: They've really just dug themselves into like a marketing hole. As this is the kind of thing that we're going to be doing, where it's just even past what the stuff on the menu is that tastes great. It it is more about just like, oh, we're so. I don't even want to say innovative, right? But they have to have novelty items constantly to pull people in. Uh, and it seems like it's going to backfire.
0: Well, except that I will say, like, that is kind of been what Taco Bell has doing forever, right? It has been doing forever. Like, forever, Taco have Bell. They been doing yeah, it if, like, forever. The, I think forever, Taco Bell has been like, hey, let's reconfigure the stuff we already serve. Call it right. something new and get lots of people to buy it and like I think that 's hilarious and awesome, like that is like part of like the fundamental essence of what I love about Taco Bell is that they serve the same seven ingredients packaged like a million <laughs> different ways with a million different names uh, and, and they all sort of taste delicious um, so like i don 't know that that 's necessarily like a new thing for Taco Bell, but it seems like um, it seems like the the things that capture our attention on the internet in general are, I think, due to bigger picture stuff that's happening in the world right now, I feel like people are less likely to be entranced by, like, the dumb novelty things of the internet when there's, like, heavy stuff happening. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. I agree 100% with well, that. Well, maybe that's there, just us. I mean,
0: maybe that's just us. But, like, I feel like, no. in general, I'm not seeing, like, dumb funny things pass through my Facebook timeline as much anymore.
1: I think so. I I actually agree with you. And we've had this talk internally, right, just in terms of what we do as a website at For the Win and how we package our content is that people have started to shift a little bit more seriously towards the news because those things demand so much of your time that a lot of other stuff uh, that was frivolous and worth sharing now just seems kind of frivolous, right? It, It just does not command the same amount of attention that it used to.
0: What's funny is that I feel like I probably almost go the opposite way, where it's like now I sort of crave frivolity.
1: Do you really? I think- I just think it's so dumb.
0: I mean, I think, but like, I think that at least like being, like, like the thing that I I stumbled on the other day, and it was something I shared a long time ago, Mm -hmm. um- it's it's a, a collection, it's just a listicle of like 17 animals that look like they're about to drop the hottest albums ever. <laughs> and it's so dumb, and it's so funny, and it was just like, and like, just like, I don't know. Being able to laugh unencumbered every now and then is like that. It was kind of enjoyable. It was like a nice little romp to go back through this thing that I thought was like worth sharing a year and a half ago, and now it's like, oh, oh, ah, that is still a funny looking monkey that looks like it's about to rap. I
1: mean, I I don't disagree, and now I want to look at that that link. Uh, It's a tremendously
0: well done list of of animals who look like they're about to set put out albums.
1: I think that the the bar was so much lower for things that made you laugh, right? Before our kind of current election cycle and, uh, um, you know, politics really started to invade everything. Now it just seems that there's, you know, there's a very stark reality, right? Because we seem to be on the brink of... Some pretty messed up stuff happened Yeah, but that stuff people... makes me,
0: that stuff, I just, this is part, partly this is probably just my privilege, but that stuff tends yeah. to make me laugh too, like out of the absurdity of it.
1: Oh like, no, you, oh my god, Ted, I can't believe you said that. We, yes, that's 100% your privilege like that is oh well, yeah no I know but like your privilege no to be well able it's to be that like, it's oh, that oh, this makes me laugh
0: Come um on. no I mean but I'm not like it's a it's I don't know it's a sympathetic laughter it's a sympathy like it's not like I'm laughing oh, because geez. I think everything's gonna Please. be okay I'm laughing at the absurdity it. no I'm laughing at the absurdity of it and like I do think like it bothers me a lot when people are like this is not something like we shouldn't be making fun of these Nazis like I think we should absolutely make fun of those right. Nazis yeah right? like that I, I think agree that with that is part of how you you discredit people and like right. if you look back to the actual nazis like a big way that people were discrediting hitler was making fun of him at the time yes. you know like i think I, that 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 is something I will agree we can with you do there. yeah
1: there is there was there was a bit of an inter- internet controversy over um people like mocking the nazis for for their tiki choices and a lot of people thought that, it, was know, yeah, it was hilarious these
0: freaking nazis it showed I up with, with, with like nazis. like looking like they had just shot the target
1: yeah that i agree with you like that is totally absurd but i think that the other part is that yes because of your privilege like you do have the ability to a certain degree to kind of turn it off um where for the people that this is kind of impacting their lives like on a day-to-day basis it's very hard to to separate that
0: uh for sure for sure yeah i don't i don't disagree with that i would say that that is super unfortunate that i am able to be so sheltered right but like i don't know there is i think that there is a rage that burns constantly within me and that (laughs) it often leads to laughter more than it does yelling
1: Yes, I know. you are you, you that's just your personality though. you know me. I'm a miserable human being, and I'm all about the anger. so it right. definitely doesn't. And like good. it's just it's just rage upon rage.
0: Yeah, and like I think yeah. where I would say that I would say that I'm, what I'm what I'm referring to, the term you would you would say is gallows humor. and I would say mm-hmm. that I am uh, prone to and inclined to gallows humor in many ways.
1: I'm not against gallows humor. I think that end-of-the-world jokes are the funniest jokes you can possibly make. That is, That to me is great. Um, but there's other things that are very – you know, there's a lot of other stuff that's just really hard to laugh off. That's just – that stuff is just, like, sad, right? That's just depressing and sad, and, man, I can't believe that we have, have reached this point.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. and that happens too. It's not like I only laugh. Right, I'm just saying. Uh, all right. What? Well, when
1: that, what was even the original question? I don't even remember. Uh,
0: why isn't Taco Bell good anymore?
1: Oh, all right. Well, that was a hell of a second. Yeah.
0: Um, so I mean, maybe maybe it's that maybe it's uh nothing is good anymore.
1: I like it. I like how you tied it all together.
0: All right. Uh, we should end there. Uh, thanks again to Anthony Rizzo. Hemel, thank you. Uh, for joining me and journeying uh, into these dark places we always seem to go.
1: We're so great for each other. Thanks for having me, Ted. Uh,
0: You can check out the For The Win podcast on iTunes. Please rate us and review us if you've made it this far. Uh, Stitcher, SoundCloud, etc. We're on For The Win. We're on Twitter. You know these things. Uh, Thank you for listening. And Hemel, uh, peace out.